for just what you're doing. Thank you for this incredible community that you've built. Thank you for the fact that you are a good, good father. Thank you that you, you weave even the prayers that are prayed by multiple different people into one coherent story for, for what you're doing here today. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to, to learn to stop, to silence ourselves, to silence our plans, and to hear what you're doing. Um, help me to do that. Help us to do that on a daily basis, Lord. Help us to learn to live like prayerful lives, not to actually cultivate like a prayer life. To actually live in communication with you, Lord. Teach us how to do that. Yeah, amen. I don't know if there's one gift that you remember receiving, whether it was your birthday or Christmas or like you, you really desired one gift and you were hoping you would get it and like the, that expectation was there, that excitement, and then you actually got it and fulfilled everything you longed for. I can remember that. It's, it was actually right here. We, we used to have our Christmas tree right here when I was growing up. And I can remember the, the box that was sitting under the tree, and I knew that that was my gift. For those that play PlayStation now, that, that's like the... You have me to thank for, like actually getting you there. Like we played on the original consoles. This like before, like original PlayStation. There was Sega, and before Sega, there was Nintendo. And then for us, we got the generic version of like Nintendo, and it was pick and pay TV games. But I was so excited for this, and it's like those that ever played it. You remember you had to like blow into the cartridges and then slam them in, and then sometimes it wouldn't work, and you and whack it in and. But that was my like, gift that I longed for. And I was so excited when I could see it under the Christmas tree. And I was like, man, that's what I've wanted. And I can remember hours and hours of playing with that, literally till I got like calluses on my thumb. And like, because you had to like smash that like A, B and like, what was it? Like super A and B. And it's like, yeah, it was just fun. That was the gift that I had always wanted. And it's like, if you had asked me before that, I knew exactly what I wanted. If somebody asked me, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want? I would say, I want that. Maybe I would have gone for the original, like Nintendo, but I got like the kind of generic version. If Jesus came to you and asked you, what do you want? What do you want me to do for you? Would you know what it was? If God came to you as a good father saying, actually, I'm going to give you what you want, what would you ask for? Like, what are you looking for? What are you hoping to, to get into? What, what is the community? What is the job? What is the, the place? Who do you want to be? What is the transformation side of you? What, are you? what would you ask for? We always hear the stories. Um, one of them actually, Mark. Mark 10, verse 51, where he comes to the blind man. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling to you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and Jesus came, or came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. And I was just struck by these stories of healing in the gospel where Jesus heals the blind man or he heals the lepers. And he, there's that other famous story where he heals 
what he heals 10 and only one comes back to thank him. I may have got the numbers wrong there. But you think about it, like you, you've received the thing you've been longing for and you miss Jesus. You've been waiting your whole life to receive one thing, whether it's a happy family or a successful career or it's like, what good will that one thing you've been longing for be if you miss Jesus in it? It's like, we, we would all understand that actually our eternity matters far more. Like our eternity of actually relating to God will matter far more as much as that longing and that <coughs> desire is real. So we're going to get to our next section in Sermon on the Mount now. So Matthew 7 verse 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Tempted to make you repeat a line there, but I won't. For those that know where we come from. <laughs> but there's, there's something about our perspective needs to be corrected or shaped in this. And I don't, I don't want my opinion to, to shape your perspective. I want the Bible to shape your perspective. Hello. Hello. <laughs> but... Yeah, actually, we're going to get there. I want to just show you why it's so important to actually shape our perspectives. There's also the analogy, have you ever seen that, like the white team and the black team that are bouncing the ball, and you have to count how many times the white team passes the ball. Halfway through, the gorilla comes out and dances, and you don't notice it. Because you're so focused on the wrong thing. And in this, you're so easily, like, I don't think anybody probably even noticed one thing that changed. When you go back and look, and it's like everything changes. <laughs> everything. But because you're looking and saying, oh, who did it? We don't notice the bigger picture. And I think the same thing is true when we, when we look at like, oh, I have to get this one thing. If, if I can just get that one thing, then I'll be happy. And it's, it's rough because those things are real. And it may be the best of things, like wanting your family to come together. Like wanting to be married, like wanting that career, like wanting our visas and tickets and financing to come through for Poland. And I, I don't know what that one thing is for you. And it, it, this, it takes biblical and godly wisdom to figure out where those desires we have are healthy desires or where they are our desires. And trying to figure out how God actually relates to them, how he wants to look after us. We went through it recently with that, the unanswered prayers. And there were a lot of complicated answers of, or reasons why there's unanswered prayers. And I can't tell you exactly which one is which for you. I can't tell you where you are necessarily. But I think as we journey together, we can learn to discover them more and more of what God is actually doing. So I'm going to read a few other verses that relate to what we're asking here. And I want you guys to see it from the Bible, not from me, of why there's a bigger picture here, why there's a different perspective. So first in Mark, 
So it's Mark 11, verse 22 to 25. And Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that he has, or that he, he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also, who is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. So he's saying there, it's like, if you can have enough faith, if you can believe enough, if you have the faith and the belief, and you're actually walking in complete forgiveness, ask anything you want, and it will be done for you. It's like, we, we love the, the first one where we read, it's like, ask anything and it will be done. Seek and you'll find, knock and it will be opened. It's like, that's great, but there doesn't seem to be too many conditions on that. But in Mark, there seems to be other things at play. There's our belief, there's our faith. Can we be persistent in our prayer? Because that section of Mark, you can't help but be reminded of Jesus' instruction on how to pray. It's like, when you're standing, forgive those who have forgiven, like, hurt you, so that your heavenly Father will forgive you. It's like, actually, he's teaching us how to walk in the way of Christ. Second, in Matthew, if we just bring it into the context of where we've been going. He's saying, ask what you will. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be open to you. But remember, that's, this is like 10 verses after him saying, actually, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And all of this, everything will be added to you. You don't need to worry about what's going to come. You don't need to worry about your provision. It's like, look at the birds. Look at the, the flowers. God clothes them. God looks after them. God feeds them. And he knows what you need. He's saying, actually, will you seek first the kingdom? And my righteousness. Then ask and you will find. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. If you're seeking first the kingdom. If you're seeking first what God wants for you. Then you'll find it. Yeah. Now Warren's favorite. James 1 verse 2 to 8. Count it all joy my brothers. When you meet trials of various kinds. For you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him, let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So there's something of us actually asking for wisdom. Can we ask for wisdom on how to actually live this life? How to get to what we want? How to find what we need? How to have it open for us? We actually need to ask God, can we have wisdom? And the difference between wisdom and information is actually like when we have a lot of knowledge, we know how to judge people. When we have wisdom, we know how to actually restore people. We know how to disciple people because we can actually see what people are struggling with. And we have the tools to restore them. We have the tools to actually comfort them. We have the tools to get them out of their brokenness, not just judge them in their brokenness. And we have the wisdom first to actually take the log out of our own eye before we try and deal with the splinter that's in somebody else's. It's like we remember last week, we actually said, this is how the gospel, the, the message of Jesus into this broken world is starting to take shape and starting to take root and starting to teach us how to interact with those around us. 
And now he's saying, this is how you step into the kingdom. It's not by works. It's not by trying really hard. It's actually ask and you'll find. Oh, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be open to you. But is our desire for the kingdom? Or is our desire for something else? Is our perception what it needs to be? Are we focused on trying to figure out who did it when everything around us is actually changing? Everything else is actually more important. One John, one of my favorite books. One John three verse twenty two to twenty four. And whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment that we believe in the name of his Son Jesus Christ and love one another, just as he commanded us. So for us to receive what we're asking, there's something of us actually obeying his commandments. We we don't like mixing in our works, but there needs to be us actually walking this out. Not to earn what God's going to give us. But it's like, we need to grow up. It's hard, but it's like my kids asking me, can I drive? (laughs) They're nine and ten, so no, they can't drive our car. (laughs) And that's that's how we approach God. It's like, no, but I want this. It's like, no, but you're not ready for it yet. No, but I want this. No, but actually, I can't trust you with it yet. You're not seeing what this is meant for. You're not seeing what I want to do with you. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm not trying to be a a vindictive father. But I'm actually trying to be a good father that's going to give you better than what you actually know. We always have that joke of thank God for unanswered prayer. I thank God daily for unanswered prayer. Because if he had given me what I wanted when I was young, it would have sidetracked me from everything that he has for me now. And if I focus on what he's actually given me and trust him for the sake, it just leads me into the life that I've always dreamt of. This is where it starts really getting good though. Luke 11 verse 9 to 13. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I can't help but look at the exact comparison there of Matthew 7 to Luke 11, where it seems to be the exact same thing, but we so miss it in Matthew because we're not looking at everything that God says, where we so easily take Matthew's verse and it's like, ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find, knock and it'll be opened. And that out of context so easily applies to all the things that we want. And in Luke, he actually says, if you ask me, I'll give you the Holy Spirit. I'll give you the greatest gift you've ever longed for is the Spirit. I'll actually give you myself to be with you. And regardless of what you are longing for, I guarantee you, getting the Holy Spirit is way better than what the heart, your heart's desire is. John 15, verse 7 to 8. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit 
and so prove to be my disciples. Actually, if we learn to abide in God, if we learn to, to walk with Him so closely, I said it in the beginning, where this is basically teaching us how to pray, teaching us how to go, come to God and ask Him, how to talk to Him. There's in Luke and Mark, it's all it's connected to like the, the, the Lord's Prayer. In Matthew, it seems like it's a little bit disconnected because it's one chapter after. But if we're reading the whole Sermon on the Mount, it's all connected. Where he's actually teaching us how to relate to God. How to walk. How to take our desires and our longings and our dreams and what we want. And the, the gifts that we're dreaming of. Like me dreaming for those like, TV games. He's actually saying like that connection of what you are desperately dreaming of. It's a silly example, but it connects to what we are really longing for. Where we're saying, ah, I need that job. I need that thing to come through for me. I need that to come through. Then I'll be happy. But if we, if we sidetrack and we, we look at our current circumstances rather than the kingdom of God and being given the Holy Spirit, it's actually we invited in to be disciples that abide with God. He's promising to give us the Holy Spirit so that God would actually dwell within us. Then ask anything of me and I'll do it for you. Because then your desires are going to be transformed. I remember the one verse like, God will give you the desires of your heart. It's one of the verses in my life that is, my interpretation and understanding of it, and that verse has probably changed my life more than any other. Because when I first came across it, it's like God will give you the desires of your heart. I read it exactly how reading Matthew 7 out of context. Ask and I'll give it to you. Woohoo! Yes! I finally get to get everything I wanted. It's like God will give me the desires of my heart. And then I realized like, actually if I, if I start loving God, my desires start to change. And God is going to give you desires and He's going to place them within your heart. And He's He's almost like he's trying to show you what really matters. He's trying to show you who you are meant to be. He's trying to show you how to just understand the way that I've wired you, how that fits into the world. He's starting to let you see, like the, the blind man coming to Jesus, what do you want me to do for you? I want to see. It's like, okay, I'm going to let you see who I made you to be. I'm going to see the potential locked up inside of you. I'm going to let you see a little glimpse of that. I'm going to let you see what it's like to actually have the kingdom of God come here on earth. Of what I have made this world to be. Of what I've made Christians to be. Of what I've made the church to be. I actually want to be glorified through the way that you live. Through the desires that you have. And then as your desires start coming into line with God's desires, then ask anything of me. And I'll give it to you. Because I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of prayers that I've prayed and they've not come to pass. There's a lot of things I ask and it doesn't quite pan out the way I want it. And we can either blame God or we can realize that maybe he has a bigger and better perspective. I realize that I am like my kids asking to drive the car. And they're like, no, you can't drive the car because you're going to crash. You're going to destroy this. You're going to destroy that. Actually, at the right time, I'm going to let you drive the car. But I am training you to be ready for that day. And I'm training you to actually be my disciples. I'm training you to be everything that I dreamt of.
I asked the question at the beginning, if Jesus asked you, what do you want me to do for you? What would be your answer? My answers has started to take shape from a stranger's place. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the show Ted Lasso. <laughs> it's about, it's a, it's a set in England, the, so the British football, soccer, um, and then basically uh, the owner of a, a football team, they go through a, a, bit of, a bit of a messy divorce. So the wife gets control over the football team. But the husband loves the football team and he cheated on her. So, he's, he's, so she wants to basically destroy this club just out of spite. She's going to completely destroy it. So she fires the manager and she hires an American football coach. Literally doesn't know the rules, doesn't know what, to, what it means, doesn't know how they play, doesn't understand the game at all, but hires him. And he comes in and he actually does brilliantly. Because, not because of like his technical and tactical genius, but he comes in just with a desire. He's like, his perspective on coaching is basically, if I just make sure my players are being the best that they can be, we're probably going to be the best team we can be. It's not up to me to fix that problem or that person. It's not up to me to be on the field, like making sure that they're the best player in their position. It's like, I've got some guys that are good at that. But actually, if I can make them the best that they can be, then we'll thrive. And honestly, it's like been the best pastoral training I've received anywhere is watching Ted Lasso because it's like the reality is me as a pastor, I can't fix your, your problems. I can't tell you exactly what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. I can hopefully guide you in some understanding of God. And hopefully when you're down, I can point you back to God and we can get together and we can worship. But actually, I'm here to dream about the people you can be. To be the best God version of who you were created to be. How do, how do I get that out of you? How do I open doors? How do I connect you guys? How do I, I connect you to God in a way that unleashes who God made you to be? So that's my prayer. It's like, actually, God, can you give me the love for these people? Like a father for his kids. Can you give me the wisdom like Christ, like the mind of Christ to actually understand what you need to do, how to connect your situation to God's kingdom? How do we fulfill our God-given roles and to walk in that like discipleship? And then trusting for God for the anointing of the Spirit to empower it all. Like if you ask me, that's what I'm longing for. I'm longing for that love, for that wisdom and that anointing. That's what I would long for. What is it that you are longing for? I'm sure that needs to like end to this, but the reality is I, I can't do this for you guys. And I can't, I can't fix what's broken. I, I need God. Um, as honestly, I was thinking this morning is I'm partly tempted to actually not even preach and it's asking God what what are you asking us today what are you and last night just as I was going to bed in like my devotion I, I got to this Acts 19 while Apollos was at Corinth Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus there he found some disciples 
and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So I don't know whether you need to understand the love of the Father or understand the wisdom of Christ and His kingdom or whether you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I don't know what baptism you had. I, I believe you guys are here because it's a sign that you are disciples where you've seen something of Christ. You see something of His kingdom. You see something of God. But I'm not sure everybody is walking in the fullness of the Spirit and the power that he, he has on offer for us. I'm not sure if we understand fully Christ and His kingdom and we actually have laid down our own kingdoms to submit to His kingdom. And then there's also always, do we see God as a loving Father? This verse literally says, how much more will our Heavenly Father? If we understand the love of our earthly Father, if we've been broken by the, the hurt of an earthly father, we can understand our need for a heavenly father.